Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, and we're currently on season three. Whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening! Now, on to the episode. Season 3, Episode 17, Enemies. Ooh, this is such a good episode! Is that what you and I are going to be by the end of this episode, Steph? By the end of this podcast, maybe? <laughs> well, there might be a little twist in this podcast that Ooh. reveals me to be something else. Uh, I know a lot of people were looking forward to us talking about this episode, and I get it. I get why it's so fun to watch. It was a delight. It's just like I've said before. It is another banger episode in season three. I, I don't see how you could consider this a bad episode. It's just so good. I am actually so thrilled that we're here. I mean, when we started the podcast, you know, we're in season one. We're getting through season one quick. Season two gets really juicy near the ending for sure. And then season three is such a banger season that I almost I had a moment in the car today where I was like, I can't believe we're talking about season three enemies today. Like, ooh, yeah, I know. we're right in the middle of some really good stuff. Uh, we've come so far. Um so for those of you who have watched the episode recently, you'll know, right, there's a big cut of twist near the end. Uh, we've decided we're going to reveal that twist earlier on in the episode so that we can discuss everything with that hindsight because it's going to lead to better commentary. So for those of you who, for some reason, if you haven't watched the episode yet, or if you've been meaning to rewatch it before you listen to us, go back and do that. We'll wait. Um... Because, you know, like, we're not spoiling anything beyond this episode. It's just we're not going to... Normally, we kind of keep the recaps pretty linear. But I think for this episode, it'll be nice if we can kind of discuss things with that knowledge of what's to come. Before we get started, I just want to say quickly that... A little correction corner for Kara and I. Um, in a previous episode, I believe it was Bad Girls when we first met Wesley. We used the term ponce. And then I repeated that term in an Instagram post we did recently. And a British listener uh, let us know that that is a homophobic slur in their country and uh, color us shocked and surprised. We had no idea. So thank you to the person who uh, pointed that out. I'm afraid I can't remember who it was on Instagram, but we see you, we hear you, we appreciate you giving us this education. Yeah, thanks for calling us in. We always like these corrections. Yes, they help us be better people. And any listener out there who didn't know, now you know. So let's get started. We start with Buffy and Angel who are leaving a movie theater after watching a movie called Le Banquet d'Amelia. And it was rated R for racy because apparently there was lots of sex in that movie. And we know that Buffy and Angel are not having sex right now and all the couples that are surrounding them coming out of the theater are all touchy and lovey-dovey but angel and buffy are uncomfortable and they're not holding hands buffy's like well that was very artistic and angel's like yeah <laughs> and buffy says uh from the title she thought that it was going to be about food 
Angel's like, yeah, there was food. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, right. The, the scene with the food. And Buffy is, you know, saying they need cold showers. And Angel starts apologizing. And he says, you know, he wanted to take her somewhere fun because it's been so long since he's been to the movies. And they've changed. <laughs> Angel's like, it's been a while since I've been to the movies, right? But it's like, how long really has it been for you, Angel? Because... We're given to understand from Becoming that he spent like most of the latter half of the 20th century just kind of like eating rats and stuff. So he probably didn't go see movies. Maybe the last time he saw a movie, the movies didn't talk back to you. (laughs) And what a movie to go see first, right? Like a porno (laughs) with a girl that you cannot do it with. But Buffy knows this and she's saying like she didn't want to get him worked up. Because, you know, they can't do those things because he'll lose his soul. And Angel says that she doesn't have to worry about him. And Buffy says she doesn't want to rub his nose in it. And suddenly she's wondering where that expression came from. Ooh, dirty. And Angel assures her. He's, he's being really sweet. And he's like, I, didn't need, I don't need to see movies to get worked up. Being around you works just fine. It doesn't mean that I'm going to lose control or that I'm going to be frustrated around you. It feels nice just to feel. <sighs> My little angel boy. Uh, that was a very sweet thing for him to say to Buffy. But I did want to pause here and just remind everybody that Buffy and Angel, as we know, don't have sex. But it is not sex that makes Angel lose his soul. And I think that the show forgets this sometimes. Uh, because we know that he lost his soul because of the connection he felt to Buffy. And he just said... It's nice just to feel around you. So Angel's treading on dangerous territory just by being in love with Buffy and being near her. But the show wants to make it all about sex and all about the physical connection between them. Mm-hmm. And Kara, like you and I know that, you know, you can have loving relationships and have connections with people without that physical aspect to it. So I don't think it's a bad thing that they want Buffy and Angel to bang like we all want them to bang I get it but I just think that they put a lot of emphasis on the sex between them in this episode particularly yeah I you said it really well (laughs) um I I do like that we're seeing this closeness between them because it's been a few episodes now we've been kind of commenting on how they're getting like they're back together and it's it's nice to see that it's nice to see them just spending that time together even if they're struggling a little bit (laughs) well And I think we brought this up in a previous episode too, just saying that like removing that lust that was part of their relationship, that was so the central focus of their relationship before they had sex in season two, removing that and you see how they interact with each other now, going on normal dates, having like uh, more in-depth conversations with each other. This relationship is very mature at this moment and a lot more mature than we've ever seen it. And it's nice to see. It's nice to see that earned three-season arc of where their relationship is headed and why they feel so comfortable with each other and have these conversations right now. Doesn't mean they don't screw up still, but it is nice to see this new area and territory for their relationship. So to prove that uh, it doesn't drive Angel crazy when they're close, he kisses her. And it's so awesome. And they make out for a while. Uh. And, are, <laughs> and they're, they're interrupted by Faith, who's like, hey, check out the lust bunnies. And... Faith is allowed to patrol again. The the Watcher's Council gave her a pass on her exams, I think. And she's taking Buffy to the cemetery. And as they leave, Faith says, don't worry, big guy. Just keeping her warm for you. 
Ooh. A little fluffy subtext there for everybody. <laughs> a little bisexual energy going on here. So as they are walking through the cemetery, Faith is complimenting Buffy on her willpower for not boning Angel every second of the day. And I agree, Faith. I'm very impressed <laughs> that Buffy has not banged this guy because he's so hot. And as they are walking, a demon approaches them and Buffy punches it and pins <laughs> they pin it down. Um, but the guy is just like, ow, what are you, nuts? Going around punching people? <laughs> like he's a very like normal kind of guy. If anything, he reminds me of Whistler from Becoming, but... He's not as cool as Whistler. He's got kind of a like an uncool vibe to him. Yes, he's 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 also like sketchy because he's trying to sell them something. <laughs> right. That yeah, that's what it is. So uh, he says that he's got something for them. He's got the books of ascension. Very powerful works. They deal with some dark stuff, and the mayor would hate it if someone got a hold of them. Okay. So does everybody know the mayor's evil at this point? <laughs> and, did they know this whole time and just Buffy somehow never heard about it? Or did Buffy somehow spread word when she and Faith discovered this two episodes ago? Because <laughs> I'm just kind of confused, like, why does everybody suddenly know the mayor is the one who wants the Books of Ascension? Two possible reasons. The first is that everybody in the underworld perhaps knows a little bit about the mayor since he's been running this town for a while, which is a minor spoiler for later in the episode. But like, you know, it sounds like he's been around and people know, but why would demons snitch, right? Why would they say anything about it to good people? That's one possible reason. The other one is that perhaps this demon was watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer from season, from the beginning of the season and just knows. <laughs> he's just been tuning in every week and he's like, oh, that's what's going around on around Sunnydale. Yeah. Giles got fired. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Faith killed someone, right? <laughs> he's just following along and thought he would help the plot. So what he wants for these books, because Buffy and Faith are really, you know, they're like, what the fuck? Like, we don't care about your books. But he's saying that um, he wants cash for them, five Gs to be exact. And uh, what he wants the money for is to book a plane ticket out of the Hellmouth before it's adios, Slayer Loco. So Faith scares the guy off, and then she wants to chase after him because he is a demon. And Buffy says, let him go. I don't think he falls into the deadly threat to humanity category. And I like this. I like that Buffy's so chill about this because we've seen... Buffy make deals with demons in the past, such as Spike, and she talks to Willie at the bar, right, right, Willie the snitch, she seems really friendly with him, so things aren't so black and white to Buffy, and I don't know if they've always been that way, I think that's been a gradual progression since season one, that she's not as naive about the underworld as she used to be, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it's just interesting that she takes it easy on some demons and not others. Well, we, we got a hot steak about this from one of our chosen ones, Emma, who says... This is fascinating because I think this is the first time in the series where Buffy meets a demon uh, who's demonic looking, unlike Whistler, uh, and just assumes they're a non-threat and more of a benign nuisance than anything else. This brief scene marks the moment in the Buffyverse where demons aren't always these grand entities that have some grand plan. This guy just wants some cold hard cash and to get the heck out of Sunnydale. It also showcases Buffy's somewhat odd moral code. I think this moment is the foundation 
for why she doesn't just dust a particular vampire who definitely deserves it in season four onward. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked a bit about this too in the last episode with Vampire Willow. We're like, why are they letting her go? Wait, what? <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's definitely a moral code here that we need to explore more going forward. Uh, thanks for that hot steak, Emma. So uh, Buffy says that they need to know more about these books of Ascension so that they can get the mayor. And Faith is like, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, yes, yes, right. the, yes, get the mayor, yes, because mm. we're on the other side from the mayor. <laughs> As we slayers do. <laughs> so we cut to the credits, and then the next scene is uh, the mayor in his office talking to Faith, because Faith is a betrayer. Faith is a, is a, is a double agent right now for bad, for, for evil. And uh, he's really interested in these books of Ascension and the demon that has them. And then he makes this comment that like sent me straight back into my childhood where he says, you should put your hair back. Like you should pull your hair back out of your face because it's down at the moment. And he's like, you have such a nice face. Why hide it? And I swear to God, my grandmother said that exact sentence to me one time. I remember it so clearly because I used to have bangs and like they're in my eyes. And she was like, you should pull those back. Let us see your face. <laughs> what, what is it with other people telling others what they should do with their hair and their bodies and how they look. Right. Can we just not? Can we just stop? Unless we're commenting on baby bangs. <laughs> Specifically Buffy's True. baby bangs. We, we, we are allowed to, um, you know, be very rude to fictional characters. <laughs> yes, um, we are. But yeah, we're, we're seeing this dynamic between Faith and the Mayor, right? Where he's clearly taking this paternal interest in her. Mm -hmm. And it's meant to be sweet in the sense that this is something faith needs or she thinks she needs but it's creepy too because he's evil <laughs> and that's like sums up their relationship so well and we get a lot more of the relationship in this episode which i really love uh so faith's kind of like yeah okay sure whatever but she's worried because if the demon spills and buffy and her super friends like you know find the books and the mayor cuts her off and he's like you worry too much you have unnecessary stress <laughs> I need the mayor in my life. I need the mayor to stand here and tell me these things. And he pours her a glass of milk, which Kara, did you notice, is just sitting there? Just like a, I assume a he had somebody bring it in. Like, he wouldn't let germs, you know, he wouldn't leave the milk out there because he, he doesn't like germs and stuff, well, right? It's so, so weird, though. It's, it's safe. But it, yeah, it, it's an interesting drink choice for sure <laughs> a nice snacky drink choice uh you know nothing against milk at all it's just not something i would have sitting on my desk a jug of maybe it. it's like a product placement by the dairy lobby though right because like i don't know how many of our listeners know this but here in canada we used to have this campaign of ads called got milk um they ran for like years and years they might still be running i don't know They're i awesome. don't watch advertisements anymore um, and the reason those ads exist and the reason that um, dairy was such a prominent category in the Canada Food Guide for so many years is because Canada has a large, large segment of dairy farmers in our farming industry. And so they have a powerful lobby and they lobbied the government for various regulations and various public service announcements and all these things. And they've paid for ads on our TV to encourage people to drink milk. Uh, and claiming, you know, they're claiming it has all these health benefits, but really they just want to sell more milk. Are you serious? 
Oh my god, yeah. uh, my like my mind is like well, this. This is why I've been drinking. Maybe milk my the mayor's life. in the pocket of big milk is all <laughs> I say. History with Kara. That was a really good one because I had no <laughs> idea. I had those Canada Food Guide maps on my fridge all through my childhood. Are you saying dairy is not that important? Fuck me. <laughs> I learned so much. So that's exactly what's happening here. Uh, the the mayor's part of that milk agenda. And he pours a glass for Faith and says, first, you should load up on calcium. <laughs> then find the demon, kill the heck out of him. Then bring me those books. And Faith ignores the milk. And she's like, well, if Buffy gets there first, and the mayor's kind of like, I don't think that way. You know, I, I like good, positive up thoughts. <laughs> and then he makes this like minor comment. Like if you fail me in, well, you know, if you failed me in, in that way, well, replacing Mr. Trick was a chore enough, you know, like he kind of like makes it seem like she's replaceable as a joke. And Faith, who gets upset by that and because, you know, hello, abandonment issues. I, I, d- I don't think it was a joke. <laughs> That's what I mean. He says it like a joke. He says like, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Drink your milk. You know, there's nothing uncool about healthy teeth and bones, you know, but that's like another one of the mayor's manipulation tactics and shit sandwiches, right? He's like, you know, here, here's something really nice. Here's a gift. I care about you. Drink the milk. Now kill everybody. And if you fail me, I'll replace you. But also, like, I care. Abusive relationship. <laughs> right? But fate, by the same time, he's so endearing and appears to be genuinely sweet that I can, I get it. I see the manipulation, but I get it. I, I'm now imagining a fanfic AU in which Giles is evil like the mayor, and he's like an evil watcher, and he um, has this abusive and manipulative relationship with Buffy in this way. Mm, I don't like it, though. <laughs> what would he bribe Buffy with, though? Shoes <laughs> instead of milk? <laughs> so we're in the library, and Buffy is telling Wesley and Giles and the Scoobies about these books. And Giles is eating a banana. Lord right? have mercy. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's like, have you just totally, like, stopped caring now that you're not employed anymore, Giles? Like, what was going on with the banana? I love casual Giles. I love Giles when he's just chilling out, having his breakfast in front of everybody doesn't give a shit and the, eating the sexiest fruit there is <laughs> do you think he's hung over is this like this is like my 11 a.m yeah. banana yeah it's exactly right he's like hangover be damned <laughs> i'm having this banana now and um i love what he says because buffy's saying the wait demon did wants willow money. give him the, that banana because remember in the last episode willow was gonna, was it a, a banana that she was gonna eat even though it wasn't lunch yet there must be some sort of food agenda happening in the background here. It's not just milk. There's also fruits. <laughs> so I really like what Giles says here because he's like, demons want money. Like, whatever happened to the still beating heart of a virgin? No one has any standards anymore. <laughs> so Classic funny. Giles. So Xander is asking what the ascension means and no one fucking knows. Like Giles and Wesley are like, who can say? And Willow is like, oh, it's in the Marishat text in the section on genocide. They mention Ascension. And Giles asks her where she got that volume. And Willow says, in the top of your book cabinet with the stuff you try to keep hidden. And Giles gives her like a dirty look and then goes to get the book. And Xander is asking Willow about these books or what whatever secret stuff is in well, there. He and- seems to he seems to be thinking Willow's holding out on him for nudie pics. Like he's like, you know, any uh engravings i should know about which is a callback to like season one and how apparently sander was so starved for tits that he uh 
looked in like the the occult books and i i didn't miss this aspect of xander right like anytime we're moving towards a more xander neutral uh podcast he he says something like this and i'm just like well i'm resetting to zero here xander yeah right it's like it's a, it's a, it's not even that it's a slippery slope because we know we're going to be coming back down the question is just when and what sentence right and this episode for the most part I can't stand Xander, so <laughs> we're on farm. We're, we're on proper Prophecy Girl form tonight. Willow says that this in all he keeps in there is just secrets that Giles doesn't think that I'm ready for. And she says it with like this attitude. And I was like, Willow, you're not ready for it. Look at like look what you did with Anya. You fucked up and you brought a demon version of you from a different hell dimension. To to, to be fair, that was Anya's fault, right? Like yes. What Will Willow's involvement there was the was accidental. Right. That that was Anya taking advantage of poor Willow. <laughs> Fine, but Willow believed that she had the ability to do it and then realized it was way too much for her. So I'm just saying maybe Giles has a point and not wanting you to read those books. However, it works out in her favor because she was very helpful in this case. So Giles finds the text. And he references a pastor from a town called Sharpsville in 1723 who left a passage saying, tomorrow is the ascension. And that was the last anyone ever heard of the town. The town more or less disappeared after that. So he says Buffy should go and meet with the demon. That's when Cordelia walks in and just straight up goes up to Wesley and says, I have something important to ask you. And Xander interrupts with important. Let's start calculating those odds, people. Xander, I don't need your fucking snark, cheater. So Cordelia ignores him. And she says, "What?" she asks Wesley what he's doing Friday night in front of everybody. And Wesley's like, um, same as always, my sacred duty as a watcher <laughs> prevents me from uh, why. And Cordelia says that she has to write a paper for English. And he's English. So she thought... <laughs> And everyone's looking at her, right? So she's like, what? Is it so wrong to be getting an insider's perspective? Then she tells Wesley, I study best in a good restaurant around eight-ish. Think it over. <laughs> and she leaves. And as she leaves, Xander says, and on the day the words flimsy excuse were redefined, we stood in awe and watched. So Cordy is inappropriately asking Wesley out in front of the entire Scooby gang. And I think we need to talk a little bit about why it's inappropriate because technically Wesley is not a teacher. Mm -hmm. Cordelia is not his student in any way. She's not his slayer in any way, right? Because he's also not her watcher. So my issue with the Cordelia and Wesley situation, because assuming that, you know, Buffy's 18, so we can assume Cordelia is 18 too. Like she's of age. Okay. I just think the problem for me is that she's still in high school. And I just think grown mm. men like Wesley, God knows how old he is, maybe like between 27 and 32, I would assume. Yeah, like he he's meant to be younger. So I, I can see how some people wouldn't consider this creepy. I think the show is is trying to play it off as creepy, which is interesting considering all the <laughs> other stuff the show thinks it can get away with. But I, I'm with you. Um, I, I think, you know, me and my position as a teacher, I, I find any kind of the like any of these kinds of relationships a little bit like questionable because I, I teach adults right now, but like in my training and in my past, I, I've taught students up to and including 18 and you just, you want to protect them, right? Like yes. I have a legal duty to protect them. Even if they are 18, I have a legal duty while they're at the school. So I, I I'm with you on that stuff. It's the fact that yes, Cordelia is technically 
an adult now. She can make these choices. But the setting, it being in a high school, Wesley being an adult in a high school, even though he's not there in an official capacity, which, again, why doesn't he have a visitor's badge? <laughs> why? <laughs> what is going on there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, that's what makes it kind of creepy for me. Um, and I also just want to throw this out, which is I think there's a difference between fictional relationships and real-life relationships, you know, where when we're looking at media like TV shows like this, we have to be careful and, and, and think critically about the types of relationships that are portrayed. You know, yes, in real life, the relationship between Wesley and Cordelia could be totally fine and above board and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, people who are just out fresh leaving high school date college guys all the time and in a way that's probably worse because <laughs> college guys can be very immature. But it's like, you know, think about what these TV shows are saying. I think a lot of what we're critiquing in these shows is kind of like, what are the messages we're getting out of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, it, and yeah, the, the the show just plays it off as it's supposed to be weird and icky. And I don't know. Well, I, I'm glad that her friends and child are all just like, the fuck? <laughs> you know, like it's not just us. Uh, but that we needed to explore that a little bit more. Okay, but so here's like, do you think that this is Cordelia in a way, like, rubbing it in Xander's face, being like, look at me, like, I'm so over you, and now I'm going after this older, suave British guy who's everything you're not? I don't know. I That's a good question. I think definitely if this was earlier in the season, for sure, because she was very adamant that she was rebounding with some guys and she was trying to make Xander jealous with, with guys. But now I feel like she's genuinely interested in Wesley because he's older, he's handsome, and he appears to be mature. Right. Same reason she would have gone for Angel back in season one. Just like an older, Mm -hmm. good looking guy. Um, I think it's a plus. It's a plus that Xander gets really jealous and he proves it in that very conversation when he keeps interjecting and she just ignores him. And then later in this episode, we'll see it. So I think having Xander there to make jealous is like the cherry on top of the sundae. That's that's my opinion. (laughs) Wesley changes the subject back to the books of Ascension. And he says that they have to persuade the demon to give them the books for free. <laughs> and Buffy says faith will be useful in that persuasion. But where is faith, right? Where, with the question of the day, where's faith? Faith has gone to that demon's apartment. Faith smashes the door down. And the guy's like, oh, I wasn't expecting company. Like, let me make it better for you. And she just says, you got the books? And he says, you got the money? And she punches him. And he's like, okay, you're tough in negotiations. I respect that. So he shows her the books and he's like gabbing around while she inspects them, you know, saying, you know, um, these are the books and they're worth five grand easy, original editions, great condition. And Faith says, I don't like to haggle, takes out a knife and stabs the demon. And as he falls to the ground and she starts to gather the books up, the demon grabs her leg and they start to fight each other. And he ends up on top of Faith and Faith repeatedly stabs him until he dies and then she rolls him off her and then she gets up and she's like looking at the blood on her hands like and the metaphor could not be more clear right like out damn spot <laughs> from from the yeah I, I have a i have a question here and i don't want you to answer um Aww. because we're going to do faith on trial so yes we can we can address this in the faith on trial episode i just want us to kind of mull this over is this murder because this demon is quote unquote like benign as we've established right he is he evil does he eat babies we don't really know but you know if he's like good 
does that mean that Faith has murdered somebody? Or is the fact that he's a demon, is that her get out of jail because I'm a slayer, you know, card? Mm-hmm. Um, so something for all of us to think about until we get to the end of the season and we put Faith on trial for all of her betrayal. Ooh for the lies also uh it's not too it's not too early to start sending us your faith on trial thoughts we cut to angel's mansion (laughs) angel and he's reading a book with no cover because he is one of those well-read men who's probably reading in a different language right now and faith comes in and she says that she's got nowhere else to go and she hates asking for help but i'm asking because i'm in trouble the real bad kind and angel starts to talk to her and he's like you know start from the beginning and she says she wants to skip past the whole my mom didn't love me part because she's scaring herself and angel says like i know the feeling because don't forget angel used to murder people all the time even though he's a demon and didn't have a soul and in the last episode, Consequences, they really wanted to compare his experience to Faith's, even though Faith accidentally murdered a, a man. So Faith says, I came to you because she, because of that. He knows the feeling. And she remembers that he told her in that episode, <laughs> or, you know, then, that um, killing people would feel like some, would make her feel like some kind of god, but she thinks she's come down to earth and she shows him the bloody hands. And she says, it's not human, but it doesn't make it better. And it doesn't make the guy any less dead. And Angel tells her that she needs help. She can't do this alone. And Faith says that she's scared and she's that she's going to turn into a cold-blooded, straight-up killer, just like Angel. And they're sitting together now. And Angel's saying, you know, I didn't have a choice, but you do. You can stop this. And Faith says, I don't want to end up the way everybody said I would, dead or alone or a loser. Interesting, interesting. Who said that to her? I, definitely none of the Scoobies, but po- possibly in her past, right? She already mentioned her mother. Her parents, her yeah. former watcher, the the guy on TV. <laughs> the, like, the cop, lots of people. Um, yeah, well, the, the point is Faith is saying like no one ever believed in her and they all said they would end up like this and maybe it's too late for me. And Angel says it's not. And Faith says she's scared and she hugs him and he's comforting her and he's letting her hug him. And then when she pulls away, she slowly starts to lean in for a kiss. (gasps) And Angel says, whoa, 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 and stops her, right? He like pulls away and he says, I can be here for you, but not like that, all right? I'm with Buffy. And Angel says it so sweetly, right? He says it in the best way he possibly can. And like, oh, he's so sexy. And Faith says, Buffy, yeah, I I didn't mean it like that. um, Maybe I did, but I wouldn't press it. And they stare at each other longer, and Faith says, so, you love her, don't you? This Is this cringy to anybody else? Like, I'm just <laughs> watching this whole scene, and I'm just like, oh, Faith, girl, like, this is, like, awkward. Oh, it's hella awkward. Like, Angel's being very sweet and handling the situation as best he can. But, like, Faith, you don't stand a chance in hell. At all. And we all know that. And the fact that you're trying is so cringy. So... Faith says, good for you two. You know, you're you're both lucky. And then she asks Angel if they're friends. And Angel's like, yeah, we're friends. And Faith is like, well, then I'm lucky too. I better go. And as she's leaving, Angel asks her where she's going. And she says she needs to cool down and spend time alone. Don't worry about me. You've been a big help. It's nice to know that somebody cares. And this is what made me cringe the most. Is that she says, I know I shouldn't be asking this. But do you think if things were different, things between you and me would be different too? And Angel says, we'll never know. And Faith is like, right, how could we? And I was like, what the, what the, where is this coming from? What the fuck? 
Like, what the fuck? Angel, like, Faith has, you know, been interested in Buffy banging Angel in the past, for sure. She's brought it up. But we so rarely see her ever interacting with Angel, let alone in this lusty way. Also, I mean, why would Faith need Angel when she already has Xander? Like... (laughs) Two peas in a pod. (laughs) Two two comparisons that we can make all day. (laughs) I mean, they're virtually indistinguishable is all I'm saying. Oh, God. Can you imagine? It's like, okay, I bang Xander and Buffy gets Angel? Like, what the fuck? No wonder she feels so pissed about her life. So Faith kisses Angel on the cheek and she says, you know, I can take care of myself, lifetime of practice, blah, blah, blah. And as she's leaving, oh no, oh no, Buffy Summers was watching this interaction and Buffy does the immature thing and just like turns around, jumps to a million conclusions and leaves. So we cut to Faith's awesome apartment and the mayor is talking to her. And okay, this, can you explain this to me, Kara? Did they agree together that she was going to seduce Angel? Because yes. the mayor is saying, you tried and you failed. It's not a big deal. I just don't know what he could be thinking. I, I Yeah, I, I don't know why they thought this worked, like would work. This is this is what makes me like question the, the mayor's ability in this moment. Is It's just like, did you seriously think that would work? Because there were so many holes in your plan. Did you think that Faith would just somehow go in, seduce Angel, give him perfect happiness all in one night with bloody hands? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, hands. this guy has so much confidence in his plots. What is the plot? Why and when and when between the milk because and now do they, they decide? Because if they take Angel away from Buffy, that devastates her. So? <laughs> and that what prevents her from getting the Books of Ascension? What is that? I, well, yeah. They, well, they've already got the Books of Ascension, right? Like Faith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? I'm just saying, this, this is really a stretch for me to figure out why they give a shit all of a sudden that Faith is going to be with Angel and take his soul away. Like, I don't get it. Uh, but whatever, it's delightful, no matter what. So Faith is pissed because Buffy got in the way because his love for Buffy has got a big, she's got, she's got love for Buffy. And oh, not Buffy's me, fault. And, oh, Buffy. Buffy's always holding me back. <laughs> Buffy, Buffy, uh, Buffy. Buffy. So the mayor starts gassing Faith up. And the mayor's such a hype man. And that's what I mean. Like, we need people like the mayor in our lives, just not as evil. Because he's like, don't be discouraged. You're bright. You're young. You're energetic. Like, you got a whole life ahead of you. And I won't tolerate brooding. So you couldn't give him one moment of true happiness. Like, so what? And Faith is like, you know, I just wanted like a long weekend away with him to bang him, I guess. And the mayor says that he, that he, sure, he spurned your advances. So be it. There is more than one way to skin a cat. And I happen to know that's actually true. <laughs> and he, he's like, so we want to take Angel's soul away. If we can't do it by giving him happiness, then by golly, we'll just have to do it in the most painful way imaginable. So again, why? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going with it. We're just going to, we're okay. We're just going to go with it. So in the library, Wesley and Giles are having no luck learning about the Ascension and there must be something somewhere. So Giles suggests that he contact the council and Wesley says to him, you know, I, I should be the one to do it because the council isn't aware that I'm letting you work for me. And the look that Giles gives Wesley here is, is fucking classic. And Wesley corrects himself. He says, 
with me <laughs> with me wesley has a point though which is that why does giles think anybody at the council would talk to him after he got fired there yeah giles just eats bananas now and just makes announcements like he and him and the council are still buddies <laughs> he's just a wild person right now so when wesley says i don't think that the council would be happy that we are collaborating and giles says i wasn't about to burst into glorious song about it myself <laughs> and what wouldn't it be so interesting Kara, if they burst it into song just now Never going to happen. Ooh, I know. It'll never happen, but we can dream. Buffy comes and Wesley tells Buffy to take faith and find the demon with those books. Buffy says that she'll try to track him from last time they saw him. And she doesn't want to wait for faith because faith will take hours and she'll do it alone because faith is is sneaky as fuck and kiss my boyfriend on the face is what she's thinking and wesley says that it's a job for both of you these books are really important the demon has a good reason to hide and finding him could be extremely difficult and that's when xander comes in and says found your demon <laughs> so xander gives the address to buffy and says that he beat it out of Willie the Snitch. And Buffy is so skeptical about that. And Xander admits that he bribed him. And he asks Giles if the council would reimburse him the 28 bucks that he bribed him with. And Giles is like, did you get a receipt? (laughs) (laughs) I love love this. I love everything about this, right? Because we've seen Xander and Willie interact previously. And I also just love that Xander actually made himself useful for once. Yeah, actually, I know. I said I, I don't like Xander this episode, but like, here we are. He, you're right. He stepped up in a way that's helpful and doesn't ruin everything, unlike usual. So Buffy notices that the dress is not in the nicest place in town. And Child says, see, no standards. Any self-respecting demon should be living in a pit of filth or a nice crypt. <laughs> Do we think Giles is projecting right now? Do we think he's kind of lost some of his self-respect because he got fired? And now he's like, oh, man, like in the good old days when I was a watcher. <laughs> Giles is spinning a little bit for sure. He's like losing his place on like what he's supposed to be doing and where he's supposed to be. <laughs> so that's when Faith walks in. And uh, she touches Buffy on the arm and says, where are we going, girlfriend? And Buffy shakes her arm out of her grip. And she says, I can do this solo. And Faith says, well, why should you get all the fun? Share, share, that's fair, right? And Buffy tells them they heard they found the demon. And Faith is like, oh, yes, the demon. <laughs> Shifty eyes again. And they leave. And even Xander notices that there's a cold vibe between these two women. And we cut to the demon's apartment where Faith just walks right in, like just opens the door willy nilly. And Buffy calls it out and says, Faith, be careful. (laughs) And she's like, oh, yeah, right. And Buffy asks her that she says she missed her last night. And like, where were you? And Faith says she was patrolling lies. But also, (laughs) what the hell did they talk about on their walk over? to this apartment like just walk in silence or like one in front of the other i'm assuming buffy gave faith a scene by scene description of le banquet d'amelia <laughs> yeah synopsis the way that we do it <laughs> i would like to hear that podcast they see the dead demon on the ground and buffy says uh someone got here first and faith says oh yeah they got the books too for sure some hit she didn't even look (laughs) that was my biggest note about the scene because okay so they like take it in buffy's like wow this guy's really dead like super dead this this is a party this guy's so dead and faith is like well maybe he put up a fight and then she gets weird and wants to leave right away and 
they don't look for the books. And I, that was my point. I was like, you guys like just assume, oh, he's dead. Therefore the books are gone. <laughs> like, so at the mayor's office, he's offering someone a mint. Someone's off screen he's talking to. And he's like, you want a mint? The, he goes on to say, he's like monologuing because the guy's not talking back to him. And the mayor says, finding this person was quite the chore between the chanting and the sacrifice. My golf game is shot. <laughs> and I wonder... Because they had this conversation the night before, presumably, the mayor and Faith. So all night he was chanting and sacrificing things to get this guy here this morning. So I think the mayor doesn't sleep. Interesting. He must not have to sleep because he's not really human at the moment anymore. Right. So he had all night to get the shit together. So the, the demon he's talking to, it shows us. He's like this shawled, spooky looking demon. They can't see his mouth. We only see his eyes. And his eyes glow. It's actually kind of cool. Like this it is, is a really cool, cool. This guy's cool. Like you want you you want to be in with this guy. Yeah, this guy is intriguing. I want to know more. And the mayor is saying that um, he's like, "Do you know why I've summoned you? Can you do it?" And the demon nods. And the mayor says, "Need anything from me?" And he shakes his head. And the mayor's like, "You're not much of a people person, are you?" And the demon says, "You've risked." a great danger in calling on me. The deadliest magics are needed to rob this creature of its soul. And the mayor says, are you sure you don't want any mints? And then he takes one. <laughs> so, ooh, the plot is thickening. At the student lounge at school, Buffy's sitting with Willow and Willow really notices that Buffy's on edge and Buffy is just like, no, I'm not, it's nothing. And then she's just like, fine, <laughs> like I'll just spill the beans. She says it's Faith. She went to Angel's and Faith was there and they looked really intimate. And Willow's like, no way, like no way. And Buffy says, you're right, Faith would never do that. And Willow says, Faith would totally do that. Faith was built to do that. She's the do that girl. Does Angel come up to Faith's standards for guys? Let's see, is he breathing? And I was like, meow, Willow, meow. But Willow, might I remind you, girlfriend, that you are the only one on this series so far, who has cheated? <laughs> well, and Xander. And Xander. But if you're going to talk shit about Faith being that kind of girl, girl, you are that kind of girl. But but this is the whole point, right? Is is Willow is, doesn't like Faith now that she knows that Faith had sex with Xander. And it's we talked about that in Consequences, right? Where it's like, ugh, like... Why, why is Willow still crying over Xander? So, yeah, fate, like Willow's hatred of faith in, in these episodes has always kind of made me uneasy because it's like, Willow, get over Xander. Please, please. And like, I even if she was more mad about her trying to choke Xander like that. OK, OK. So she tried to kill your, your best friend. Great. But you're not. This is about sex. This is about cheating. This is about relationships. And that's what she's getting jealous about with Faith. And that's like, ooh, it makes me so mad. So we know, we've know we known since season one that Willow is a Bangel stan. Like, she loves Buffy and Angel together. So she says, Angel, there's no way he would ever do that. You're the only thing in the world to him. Which is so true, Kara. Because he came back from hell and he kept his sanity because of his love for Buffy. So like, yeah, yeah, he, the, she does actually mean the world to him. And Buffy says, sometimes she wonders, Buffy, don't you fucking wonder. Uh, she says, there's so much that he doesn't tell her. And Willow says, it's clear the way he feels about you. And Willow knows the love of a taciturn man. So 
you have to look at their actions. And Buffy's like, well, I was. So Willow asks her what he said. And Buffy's like, like, what did he say? Like when I straightforwardly asked him what was going on. <laughs> and Willow says, oh, you bailed. Well, enough. Stop with the crazy. Go talk to Angel. Go. I give you leave. And she sends her off. So Willow, you're being a really good friend here. You gave her the right advice. It's true. Yeah. Buffy shouldn't spin on her own. Buffy shouldn't jump to conclusions on her own. Have a conversation with your boyfriend. Find out what happened last night. Don't just assume that he cheated. Yeah, I really liked this this part of the scene yeah, the where Willow is giving that confident advice. I agree. It's the right advice. We're seeing that growth between these two women talking about their romantic issues. Gotta love the girl talk. Yes, it's great. And we miss the girl talk. Ah, take me back to surprise when the girl talk was sweet. So... We move on to Angel's Mansion. Oh, Angel's uh, Mansion. How's Angel dressed, Steph? Oh, did I make a note about that, Cara? I think you did. <laughs> okay, he's lighting a fire in my loins is what I wrote. I'm, I'm like, I'll summarize this scene, and then I see the first note that you have here, and I'm like, I'm not saying that. Um, he is wearing a white tank top. That's all it is. It's just a white tank top, but his arms are out. He looks fucking sexy. I think I got pregnant. <laughs> So congrats on your on your expected Thank um, you. your your angel baby. <laughs> <laughs> so so, hot. so Faith shows up, you know, I guess second time's a charm. <laughs> and she's here ostensibly to apologize to Angel. She's like, I'm I'm not good at apologies. And she says, it's mostly because I think the world's out to screw me, so I'm generally more owed than owing, which I liked that line. I thought that was a cute little line from Faith. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also so telling of her experience in the world. Like, I think she's being really fake in this scene, and we'll find out why. But this is true to her, right? She does feel like she's been screwed. Yeah. So Angel's like, nah, it's it's fine. He clearly feels awkward. Yeah, please leave. <laughs> you know, Faith, Faith's no good at apologies. Angel's no good at accepting apologies. <laughs> so they're even. They're evenly matched. And Faith's like, no, it's not all right. I was freaked out. I needed somebody. But, you know, it's can't be you, obviously. And, like, she comes up closer to him to the point where it's, like, it looks like she's going to touch him. And he, like, backs He's, like, really antsy. He backs away like a scared horse. <laughs> and she's like, oh. You don't trust me. And he says, it's not that. Okay, but it should be that, She's Angel, because like, you watched her sexually assault Xander like a week ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So Faith's like, join the club. And then Angel's like, ah, oh, I know that you're what you're going through. I know how hard it can be. Um, he says, I want to trust you. <laughs> and Faith uh, throws blood on him. And he's... She stains that beautiful. He's not getting that blood out. Like that white tank top, Stephanie. She ruined his best shirt. Also, she yells, chump, while she does it. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then, so, oh, no. you know, Angel's like, what the fuck, Faith? <laughs> the fuck? He doesn't actually, sorry, he doesn't actually say that, but like that, that is clearly his mood. That, that's his facial expression exactly, Car. You nailed it. What the fuck? <laughs> and so he's standing there, and then, the demon guy from a couple scenes ago steps out of the shadows. He must have been there the whole time, like Anya was in The <laughs> Witch in Charles's house. <laughs> and he starts chanting and doing, you know, a spell in some language. And Angel's, like, bound in place, and he yells at Faith, and then there's, like, this big, like, light show going on. And Faith, meanwhile, she's gloating. She's like, I wanted to do this the old-fashioned way. 
by which she means sex, of course. Mm. But hey, your loss. I've got tricks Buffy doesn't know yet. <laughs> okay. And it's like, Faith, none of this is your doing. You're just doing the bear's <laughs> bidding at this point. You're a minion now, Faith. You used to be a slayer, and now you're just a fucking minion. God, yeah. You know, maybe that's a time we should talk a little bit about Faith and this journey to, from Slayer to what you're saying, Minion, because I think in the last couple episodes when she decided to take, to jump to the mayor's side, she probably felt a lot of empowerment in that, right? Like, okay, so I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to feel the pain that comes with knowing that it killed somebody. So I'm just going to play the evil role because it's just easier. I'm going to lean into it. It lets me do things without feeling guilty at all. It's, it's a be- good way to be. So I think the power in her joining with the mayor was definitely there at first. But throughout this episode, when she becomes more and more manipulated by the mayor, uh, she loses that empowerment to me. Yeah. And the fact that she allows herself to be manipulated the way Angel and and Buffy do in this episode, I think is a sign of the fact that she's, she's shook in herself, right? Like she's lost confidence in herself since killing Alan. That's what allows the mayor to get through her armor and and kind of take advantage of her and manipulate her in this way. I don't think the faith of before would have fallen for what Angel and Buffy do. I think she would have cautioned wise. But now she so desperately wants to believe everything that's going on. She wants to be a part of this narrative that she's really fooling herself. Yeah, yeah. She's adopted this villain role as a way of avoiding. Yeah what will eventually she'll have to come to terms with. So it's just interesting that like <laughs> she's here and she's doing this to Angel and we're like, Faith, look at yourself. <laughs> look what you're doing. Yeah, how far you've fallen already. Seriously. All right, let's 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 do this because this, to me, this is where the whole episode kicks off. Like, Yeah, true. So there's the big light, the light show and then Angel is lifted up in the air and falls to the ground and demon guy goes away, which, so this is why I wanted to talk about the twist later. For reasons like this, those of us who have watched the episode previously or, you know, we know at this point, this is fake. Um, Angel has not lost his soul, but he's going to fake it. And like this demon guy puts on a really good show for Faith. Um, you know, he's not actually removing Angel's soul. But he makes it look like he is with all, all the, the lights and stuff. So it, really good customer service from this demon guy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give him a good Yelp review. And uh, Angel... Like, the way that he slips into pretending to be Angelus so quickly and so effortlessly, that's a little scary. Chef's kiss is what it is. Uh, the, the biggest question I had from this episode was when? When? Because we know that this is a demon talked to Giles beforehand and presumably Giles told Buffy who told Angel, right? I think the three of them are in on this plan. Yes. The question is when? When? Did they have time to set this plan up? And I obviously it's between when the demon talked to the mayor and now. But Buffy was at school complaining about Angel to Willow. It, it, yeah, it was. It was after the Buffy and Willow. It was after the last scene. It's you know like after. So maybe she went to him then. Yeah, yeah. Like Buffy must have talked to Giles after talking to Willow, and then she goes to see Angel, and they they arrange it all. Okay, so sometime during this day, they had this conversation and Angel was pacing around waiting. And he's like, I'm going to choose the sexiest tank top I have. And we're going to yeah. wait for Faith to come. So, okay, so the, the the plot is afoot, everybody. The get Angel's soul away is working, apparently. And him and Faith start making out. 
And I'm like, ugh, I'm going to be sick. And they make up for an entire commercial break. <laughs> and then it comes back. And um, Angel, thank, he's like, thanks so much. And backhands her. And she falls to the ground. And I agree with you, Kara. Like, he falls back into the Angelus persona so easily. So there's no way in my mind that we could ever say that Angel and Angelus are not the same person, right? Like, that's what we talked about in Angel on Trial. Same same guy, he's just held back with his feelings <laughs> when he has a soul. But his physicality is back. He's all through the scene, he's pacing around, he's moving, he's laughing, he's like very animated again. And I just it's nice to see, even though it's not really Angelus. But basically he's saying to Faith that it's good to have this, the taste of a slayer back in my mouth. It's like cigarettes, you know, just when I thought I'd quit. And he kicks Faith in, in the stomach and says, no, really, don't get up. And as he's like, you know, doing his his gloating walk around, right? Like, oh, it's great to be back in Sunnydale. No more tortured humanity to hold me down. Faith gets up and grab and he, Angelus grabs her by the neck and says, I don't know why you turned me, but let me tell you, I'm glad you did. And as Faith and him kind of fight back and forth for a bit while Faith tries to t get him to listen to her, Faith gets him on the ground and she's pinning him and she's on top of him. And he's like, I should have known you'd like it on top. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, oh God. And Faith says, the last time that you got, you were like this, Buffy kicked your ass all the way back to hell. Do you want to do better this time? And Angelus is like, I'm listening. And Faith says, all you got to do is play nice and call truce and I'll hook you up with the real power in this town. Interested? And Angelus says, very. And Faith says, then get ready to meet the new boss. And then they make out more and I'm literally going to puke because I can't stand that he's making out with her. I, I just think that it's so interesting how... You know, Angel went from, well, Faith, she's this wounded animal. We need to help her to, yeah, I'm on board with kicking the shit out of her. <laughs> He's like, no evil in my town. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we go back to the library, right? And Wesley's in charge of the meeting, the, the pre-action uh, meeting. And he's like giving this pep talk. And it's like the most awkward scene ever because, again, like he's not that far. He's not that much older than the rest of the, the Scoobies. And, and he's basically being like, you know what? We're behind. <laughs> we're one step behind the mayor and we need to take action. <laughs> and Cordelia, by the way, Cordelia is also there. <laughs> and Cordelia is just sitting there. And she's basically doing the pose that you're doing right now, Steph, where she's just like, you know, she's just like looking at him, like with her head in her hand and just like starstruck. And she's like, <laughs> you have the greatest voice. Have you considered doing books on tape? <laughs> Which I love. I love, you know, just again, Cordelia just says whatever she wants to say. And there's no filter. She doesn't, and she doesn't care about the pep talk. She's no. just like, I'm just going to listen to Wesley. If Cordelia is there... To be near Wesley. She's not there to help with the mayor. And um, Buffy is pointing out that Faith and Angel are missing right now. And Willow's like, which means nothing. <laughs> and Giles says that Buffy needs to retrieve the Books of Ascension. She's to go to the to go to the mayor's office, but be damn careful and do not confront the mayor because they don't know anything about the mayor, which is so true. We forget because we've been talking about the mayor for a season and we as the audience and apparently the underworld, the demon underworld know that he's bad news and he can't die, but the Scoobies don't know anything about him. They just know he's involved in some way. So 
Buffy says that she's going to go home and get weapons and slip into something a little more break and enter. And Giles asks Willow, how far did she get with the mayor's files? And I love this because Cordelia says, excuse me, I think (laughs) Wesley is running this meeting. Right? And Wesley, too, is kind of, he's like, oh, it's quite all right. And he's like, Willow? (laughs) You know, like... I love I love it. I I love the fact that Wesley's not in charge, but everybody's kind of everybody's kind of like letting him pretend to be in charge, which is really cute. Yeah, they're like following protocol, but they're also like mm, it's not how it is. And uh, Willow says that uh, as soon as she got through the encryptions, the files were all empty because he must have saw her coming. Hmm, he knew that she was doing that. So Oz says we should go to the Hall of Records and go to the source. And that's where all the info on the mayor would be. And everyone agrees. And Giles says, you know, as the group, the group should go in there and right now and start looking. And I love this too, because Cordelia's like, I'm in Wesley's group. And Giles is so annoyed. He's like, there's just the one group. And Cordelia's like, yes, and I am in it. <laughs> Cordelia. So Xander wants to skip the group. He wants to skip the trip. He wants to cruise town, keep his ear to the ground. And then we know the real reason why he wants to, he doesn't want to go. He says, five's a crowd. Right. But also, like, who is Xander right now? Who Like, he, he's going to Willie's bar. Now he's like, I want to cruise. Like, Xander, do you think you're some kind of, like, superhero by yourself? If I were to be generous to Xander's character, and I'm not one to do that, but if I were <sighs> to do that... It would be because he learned something from the Zeppo and he got some confidence from there and he knows how to take a little bit more charge. That's yeah, that's But fair. on the other hand, it's also like, Xander, you don't want to go because Cordy's flirting with Wesley and it hurts your feelings and that's your fault because you cheated on her. So <laughs> so that's right. what it really is. So he says five's a crowd and Cordelia says... <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so they go and this is cute. Finally, Willow shows Oz a little bit of fucking attention and she says they liked your plan as they leave which is cute also his hair is a different color again yeah his hair's blonde all of a sudden in the mayor's office faith is introducing the mayor to angelus who she thinks is angelus and she's like can i keep him (laughs) faith and the mayor says can i call you angel and angel's like i'm thinking more along the lines of master (laughs) so also in this scene angel's moving around right the angel we know and love would be broody and stand very still. But this angel, pretending to be Angelus, he's on the move. He's, he's He's got a lot of energy. So the mayor says that attitude may get you attention, but courtesy wins respect. And I love that quote. I'm going to keep that quote. I think it's so true. And the mayor reminds him that I'm the one responsible for your attitude. And they banter back and forth for a bit. And Angel says, I don't mean to rush things here, but are you trying to get to some kind of point? And the mayor says, you're a very powerful young man, good for faith, and there may be a future for you in Sunnydale. I see you're admiring my letter opener because Angelus has it in his hands. And he says, well, actually, I was thinking of stabbing you through the heart with it. And the mayor says, please do. And he widens his arms and Angel does. He throws the letter opener and the mayor stops it with his hand and it goes straight through. And then he's like, nice shot. And he pulls it out. And of course, his hand heals himself. And you can see Angel, who was pretending to be Angelus. You can see Angel's face kind of like take that in and be like, oh, shit. So the mayor says that you might call me impervious, can't be killed or harmed in any way. And that's just a cornerstone for my plans for this great town of ours. But my question is, now that Faith has brought you back, what are your intentions? 
And Angela says, well, gee, sir, I thought I'd find the Slayer <laughs> that's giving you so much trouble and torture, maim, and kill her. I love this. And the mayor's so happy. He's like, that's fine. It's nice to see you're one of the, you're not one of those slacker types running around town today. And he's so jolly about it. He's like, torture Buffy. Killing her is fine. Just make sure it's a slow one. <laughs> and Angel says, that's my favorite kind. And they're all like, wonderful, wonderful. Off you go. It's like they just like, you know, organized an event for the community. He's like, we don't want a replacement slayer anytime soon. They can't all turn out like my girl Faith. And this is interesting because I think we've, Maybe mentioned it before, but like if Buffy dies, another Slayer isn't called. I think Faith has to die for another Slayer to be called. I don't. Was that established when Kendra died? I guess. I don't, but I don't know if we've established that Buffy's death doesn't trigger another Slayer either, right? Like it could be that either one dies and there's another Slayer. Like maybe there's just two Slayers forever now. Who can say? We're we're not going to know for a while anyway or ever, maybe. I also think I love this scene because. The mayor reminds me of a cartoon villain. He reminds me of a Kim Possible villain, where he's just like, he's so smiley and happy at his evil. Uh, and again, I know I've been like pro-mayor all season, but I'm just like, you kind of had it to this guy. Like he He's having fun with his evil plan. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. And it's just, it's really fun to watch. He's jolly on screen. We're jolly watching him. Um, and he laughs as they leave. And he's like, have fun. And as they're leaving, he pulls Angela aside and says, try to have her home by 11. <laughs> and as they leave, he just sniffs to himself. He's like, she's not a little girl anymore. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this guy is like so likable, but he's so evil. So on the streets of Sunnydale, Love this. Love this so much. Because first, Xander is mocking Cordelia, being like, I love you, Wesley, and I love when you talk, and I love when you sing, Wesley. And then he says, like, jailbait again. He's like, can you say the words jailbait, Wesley? Limey bastard. And as he sees Faith and Angel walking toward him, he walks up to them saying, like, hey, guys, where you been? We got to go find Buffy. She's going to her place. And Angel punches Xander in the face and he falls to the ground and presumably passes out. And Angel just says, that guy just bugs me. <laughs> and it's really nice to see Xander get punched, right. obviously. And, and again, this is why I wanted to be able to talk about the twist because it's like Angel <laughs> is punching Xander, right? So yeah. like, this is like the, the bonus for Angel <laughs> getting to pretend to be Angelus because he's allowed to do things he would never be allowed to do as Angel. <laughs> So for me, watching this scene as somebody who's seen this episode so many times, right? It's like, you go, Angel. Like, it's not Angelus doing this. We know that Angel's finally, like, speaking his truth about Xander. And every time he has to kiss Faith moving forward, he probably just pictures this in his mind. And he's like, it's all worth it. It's all worth it for this <laughs> one I got to punch Xander. <laughs> so... At the Summer's home, Angel and Faith are knocking on the door. Joyce answers, um, and Joyce tells them that Buffy's upstairs, and she's like, please don't tell me it's not its not some vampire thing. <laughs> and Angel says, the only vampire here is me, Joyce. Say, did you change your hair? And Joyce is like, highlights. <laughs> you know, he's being very smooth, which we know Angel generally is not, but of course, Joyce can't tell the difference. <laughs> I know, she, he's just like, it's nice. She's probably stoned. <laughs> definitely stoned and as angel says it's nice and walks past her joyce just like looks at him like like she gives him this look and i literally read it like oh my god like i'm also super horny for him now because he oh, just oh, complimented even me. even ace me read it that way stephanie like <laughs> yes joyce would jump angel's bones right then and there if he wanted her to <sighs> joyce 
if only you knew. Uh, they enter Buffy's room and Buffy's irked that they're together. And she's like, where have you been? And, and, and Angel goes up to her and says, looking for you. Good thing we found you before you left. And he kisses her head. And he also looks at Faith as he does it, right? Like, ooh, we're in on this. And Faith says um, that they have the books. They're at the mansion. And they were going to take them to Giles themselves. But strength in numbers was the best way to go. So at the mansion, Buffy is asking where the books are. And Angel says, actually, we have a slight change of plans, Buff. And that triggers Buffy because only Angelus calls Buffy Buff. So she's like, what'd you call me? Like, what's the matter with you? And Angel turns around. He's got his vampire face on. And he's like, nothing. In fact, I haven't felt this good in a long time. And Buffy lets out one of her famous Angel. <laughs> and Angel says, I never properly thanked you for sending me to hell. Just wondering where do I start? Card, fruit basket, evisceration. <laughs> charcuterie board charcuterie board evisceration which one and he grabs Buffy and she's just like no <laughs> and he says oh don't do the whole like you know maybe deep down there's something inside me that remembers that I love you um, and Buffy pushes him away and she's like I'll kill you before I let you touch me and she's like Faith we need to get out of here and Faith is like speak for yourself B me I like it here Angel punches Buffy knocks her out and says, one thing I learned about Buffy, she's so cute when she's sleeping. So my question to you, Kara, is did here, did Angel pretend to knock her out and or and she's kind of like playing it up? Or did he actually knock her out? Because he really sold that shit. That's a great question. This is a really uncomfortable scene. First off, I don't believe Buffy is a good enough actor to, to do this. This is why I'm saying like Faith is off her game because... We've established Buffy's not a great liar in this season. So yes. <laughs> for her to play along in this way, it's like, whew. Um, so I, I this scene, like, I I tend to forget, given how long it is between my rewatches, that Buffy's in on it at this point. Because I'm like, no, this has to be real. <laughs> like, there's no way Buffy can act this way. It's true. Um, so that's a great question. I, I would hope that she's faking it. But he, he, like, knocks her across the room, though. Like, that that I think the punch had force. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, <laughs> listeners, write in, please. What do you think? It's, it's, like, they're very committed to the bit here. And, and part of me wonders if, like, obviously the writers knew that they had this twist in the episode. But part of me wonders if maybe they didn't completely think through all of it I, I i don't know that scene in particular ugh, i like <laughs> i'm just thinking now imagine angel sees that buffy is really bad at acting so he just punches her out to <laughs> he's to like you're gonna blow part. our cover so he just like takes matters into his own hands and just punches her out just to be like all right let's get to the next part you know <laughs> well at least it wasn't giles who got knocked out this time it's true it's true um just xander and buffy uh in his place so cordelia's really bored they're at town hall they're looking through the files um the history books and cordelia says she's bored and oz oz discovers that mayor wilkins looks exactly like his father but really they're the same guy dun, dun, dun. the scoobies realize that he's over 100 years old so he's definitely not human and that's when xander comes in and he's like, it's so much worse than you think. And Will's like, what happened? Because his face is bruised. And Xander says, you know how some people hate to say I told you so? Not me. 
I told you so. Angel's back in the really bad sense. And I told you so. So so how difficult is it to break into the city hall records at this point? Because so the the gang, the, the four of them did it. And then Xander wasn't with them. He was cruising the town. But he once he woke up from his, his angel lullaby, um, he cruised all the way through town to City Hall and somehow joined them in this Hall of Records. So, like, did he also slither past all the guards and stuff? Or is it just really easy to get into the Hall of Records at night? <laughs> yeah, I... And part of me was just like, it probably was left open. Like, you know, like, these people just walk in and out. Like, remember when they broke into the funeral home back in like season one it was just like in and out like no big deal so Sunnydale clearly doesn't give a shit great question uh I'm annoyed because shut the fuck up Xander I hate people (laughs) who say I told you so and again like your stupid jealousy toward Angel here is so annoying like you're like oh I told you I told you who's gonna go evil again I told you it's like this annoys me (laughs) this annoys me so much that's fair then Xander turns on Wesley, right? He's like, you know, we can't waste time by, like, having a lively debate about everything. Buffy's alone and they're going to kill her. And Cordelia says, like, well, it's not Wesley's fault. And Xander says, actually, it is. Faith was your responsibility. And guess who's Angel's new playmate? And then, you know, Faith and Angel are together. Imagine the possibilities. So, Xander, again, like, stop putting everything on Wesley. You have no place in this moment right now to be putting blame on anybody for anything ah so xander just needs to fuck off so we go to the mansion angel is chaining buffy up but buffy's knocked out but she's standing up this is why i was like did they fake it (laughs) it's very strange but buffy comes to and angel's looking up at her and you can see here because we know we know that he's chaining her up but he's still on her side and he's giving her this like the puppy dog look you know he's just like are you okay i didn't mean to hit you but you suck at acting (laughs) so buffy tells faith who's standing there uh that she doesn't know what she's doing and faith's like really something about this feels so right maybe it's one of those unhappy childhood things i used to beg my mom for a dog Didn't matter what kind, I just wanted something to love. And that's when she grabs Angel and they start to make out in front of Buffy. So is he her dog? I I guess so. As they pull away, Faith is like, a dog's all I wanted, that and toys. And she reveals that she has a bunch of torture scissors and stuff. (laughs) Torture scissors. (laughs) Surgical tools. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. um, Again, where did these come from? Did Angel have them lying around? Did the mayor give them to Faith? Were they just part of her apartment? Were they next to the PlayStation? Ooh, ooh, here's an idea. Maybe because Angel tortured Giles, but we never got to see how he tortured Giles. Perhaps he just had them in the mansion. Oh, yes. Passed down through his family. (laughs) Heirlooms. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. So this, this, again, ties into all of a sudden Faith is just this giant villain who tortures people. This this has been a very fast slide from Slayer to what she's doing now. Like, she's really unhinged here. Yeah, she's she's going from accidentally killing humans to I am about to torture the fuck out of Buffy, which this is dark, right? Like, if you're watching this episode for the first time and you have no idea what's about to come, this this is genuinely like, oh, my God, like, Faith is about to lay into Buffy? Like, what's going on? Yeah, it's crazy. And here's something interesting, because Faith says her mom was too busy drinking and passing out that she never got what she wanted until now. And this 
quote just made me think because she's brought up her mom a couple times in this episode now and that's not that's definitely on purpose you know uh for on the writer's part of it and i think inherently like faith is annoying <laughs> and she's her her character arc right now where she's going all the way to the evil side really quickly is strange but i do feel bad for her Right? Because I was saying at the beginning of the episode too, like the self-preservation on her part, where she would rather play this evil villain role and adopt this role than admit that she actually hates herself. She actually just really loathes who she is and she's in a, she's come from a, a hard place and a hard life, leaning into this like crazy killer torturer person for whatever reason makes her feel more in control than being a good person and making mistakes and owning up to them. Yeah. I agree. So I feel bad for her. And it's it's just so interesting the way that her and Buffy are compared to each other. So Buffy tells Faith that Angel's a killer. And when he's done with me, he'll turn on you. And Angel's like, I probably will. And Faith looks at him and she's like, you know what? I guess I'll just have to keep you around for a while then. And before we get started, I just want to know if you're a screamer, feel free. And Buffy's asking Faith what's in it for her. And Faith says, I came to Sunnydale. I'm a slayer. I do my job kicking ass better than anyone. But what do I hear about everywhere I go? Buffy. So I slay, I behave, I do the good little girl routine. And who does everyone think? Buffy. And Buffy says, that's not my fault. And Faith says, everybody always asks, why can't you be more like Buffy? But did anyone ever ask, could you be more like me? And Angel's like, I know I didn't. <laughs> And here, like, Angel's breaking character here. Because why would Angela say that? Well, I, I mean, I think the point is he's like, oh, yeah, when I had my soul, I was all into Buffy. Like, yeah. now I'm not. I'm into you, Faith. But I think it's also interesting here. Watch Angel here. He's not doing anything. He's just playing with one of the torture scissors. And he's uh, he's not pacing the way Angela usually would. It's been a long night. He's tired. He's tired. Yeah, he's had a long day. Uh, but he's standing very still and listening to this because Faith is actually giving them as some information here and faith says uh you get the watcher you get the mom you get the little scooby gang what do i get jack squat this was supposed to be my town so there it is there it is and i think this is really really important to faith's character because faith was saying that she was called as a slayer and coming from a life where she was underappreciated and devalued and abused in a lot of ways she was finally going to get recognition for something that she's special at, and that's being the Slayer. So she comes to the to the Sunnydale expecting to have this destiny, and what does she get when she gets there? She gets the other Slayer still being alive and loved, right? She Her first Watcher's murdered. Her second Watcher betrays her. Giles prefers Buffy to her in every way, and Wesley, she didn't even give a chance, but he also betrayed her to the Watcher's Council. So... There's all that. And then Buffy has the mom who did not invite Faith to stay. Like she invited her over for Christmas and stuff, but it's not like she's like her mother that allowed her to live with her. And all of Buffy's friends hate her. Well, and they continued to let Faith live in a motel by herself, right? Like yes. that, that's always something that bothered me. I know I brought this up earlier in the season. Like did nobody, Giles, uh, Joyce, like did nobody be like, hey, you know, Joyce has spare rooms. That's a big house for two people. Like, did nobody think, like, maybe Faith needs a better place to stay? And maybe Faith wouldn't have let them. Mm -hmm. um, but they could at least have tried. For sure. And we talked about this in Revelations, too, when we were like, like, 
Faith knows that she's not one of the Scoobies. She doesn't fit in there because she's not the high school goody-goody two-shoes girl, but she wants to be. She wants to fit into this world and be included and loved, but she's not. So when she when she realizes that she can't be loved by this group, that she can't actually be Buffy, it's not that she wants Buffy dead. She just, she just wants to be her. She wants her life and she wants what she feels like she inherently is deserving of. She can't have because Buffy has it. So no wonder she flocks to the mayor <laughs> when the mayor offers her just a little bit of love because look at the way the Scoobies treat her. They never brought her in fully. And as soon as she made one giant mistake, which was killing Alan, they all were like, you're a killer, you're a killer. Oh my God, you need to be punished. You're a killer. And I, it makes sense here that she said this. So anyway, I needed to focus on that for a second. So Buffy says, Faith, listen to me. And Faith is like, why? So you can impart some special Buffy wisdom. Is that it? Do you think you're better than me? Say it. You think you're better than me. And then Buffy says the very thing that Faith does not want to hear. But Faith, you know, don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. Because Buffy says, I am. Always have been. Ooh. And Faith says, maybe you didn't notice. Angels with me. And Buffy says, how'd you get him, Faith? Magic? You cast some sort of spell? Because in the real world, Angel would never touch you and we both know it. Faith punches Buffy for saying that. And Buffy says, you have to tie me up to beat me. There's a word for people like you, Faith. Loser. <laughs> Faith says, you're trying to kill, you're trying to make me mad, so I'll just kill you, but I'm too smart for that. Stick around. And Buffy's like, for what? Your boss is lame ascension. <laughs> and like, I couldn't stop it. And Faith says, you can't stop it. No one can stop the Ascension. The mayor's got it wired. He built this town for demons to feed on. And come graduation day, he's getting paid. And I'll be sitting at his right hand, assuming you'll have hands after his transformation. And all your lame-ass friends are going to be kibbles and bits. Think about that when your boyfriend's cutting into you. And here's our first, here's something that we've been leading up to as well, Car, on a completely different topic. Um, we've been saying for a long time, Sunnydale has been built with all these sewers underneath and all these convenient ways for demons to get around. Well, here we are. The mayor did it. He's been the mayor for a hundred years and he definitely built the city to have all this access. All for the ascension. And, and the white boy gangs, don't forget. And for the white boy gangs to escape their white boy king crimes. <laughs> so, okay. Buffy says... I didn't know you had this much rage in you. And Faith says, what can I say? I'm the world's best actor. Oh, and Angel says, second best. Oh, and I just had the baby that he impregnated me with. <laughs> like, I remember watching this with my best friend who had seen, like, Buffy here and there, but not, like, the whole series. So, and she's the most gratifying person to watch TV shows with. We're watching Angel right now for the first time because she will like react to everything <laughs> so you know when this happened right because she spent the whole episode thinking oh my god angel's evil again and then this happens and it's like what was like this is a mind fuck right here yeah this might be the biggest twist that this show has done yet and what a treat for first time watchers right to just be like oh shit <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, it's so good. And, you know, when Faith turns around, it's in slow motion. So you know the shit hit the fan just now, right? <laughs> so she takes it all in and Buffy says, 
graduation day. Do you think we missed anything? And Angel's like, I think we we know everything she knows. You guys are so smart. You guys are so smart. So Buffy says, may I say something, Faith? And Faith looks at her and Buffy lifts up her hands and she has not been chained at all. They're completely free. And she says, psych. <laughs> and Faith says, you played me. And that's when the Scoobies bust in through the doors. Faith throws Angel onto them. <laughs> and Buffy and Faith fight for a bit and each of them grab their torture scissors and uh, or their knives and um, they're evenly matched in their fight and they both end up in the same position of having the knife to each other's throat. It's nice symmetry. It is. It's very nice symmetry. And Faith says, uh, what are you going to do, B? Kill me? You become me. You're not ready for that. And then she kisses Buffy on the forehead and says, yet, and runs away. So Willow asks Buffy if she's okay, and she, but she's staring at Angel because they just went through it. So... At the high school, Giles is talking to the demon. Here's the reveal. Giles is besties with this demon. And he conjures him up, just like he conjures up any demon, just like on Yonka. He just conjures people up. He's thanking the demon for coming to him and for the effective light show. <laughs> and the demon says that uh, the, the, this restores the balance between us, Rupert Giles. My debt to you is now paid in full. Do not call me again. And Giles says, I shan't. Peace be with you. <laughs> and the guy backs up into the darkness. So Giles tells the Scoobies that he introduced that guy to his wife. <laughs> and that's why he owed him. And uh, sure, I'll accept this. I like that Giles just has random debts that demons owe him, you know? Like, it's kind of cool. Adds to Giles's lore. Uh, Wesley's pissed. Wes Wesley's mad that Giles pitted Slayer against Slayer in a dangerous charade, which could have gotten them both killed. Without informing me. <laughs> and he's like, I'm telling the council. And Giles agrees because the, a rogue slayer on their hands, there can't be anything more dangerous. I, I love Wesley's, like, the way he reacts, right? He's like, I'm telling the council. Like, <laughs> like that could be the worst possible thing in the world is telling on Giles, right? Giles is like, whatever, Wesley. <laughs> he's like, I don't give a shit. And... Buffy is saying at least now they know that the ascension is going to happen on graduation day, whatever it is. And Willow says, at least Angel's not bad, though. And Xander says, yes, I feel so much better knowing that he broke my face in a good way. It's a good bruise. Xander, you tried to murder Angel multiple times and you have a soul. So this is a kind of payback. OK, so what what is your excuse? Angel was playing a part. Get over it. And Buffy says the same thing. Buffy's like he was acting Xander. But then Buffy looks off into the distance and says, it was just an act. Because Buffy is not so sure. Because that's how good Angel is at acting. So the mayor is telling Faith in her apartment that you win some, you lose some. So you lost some friends. Chin up. You don't see me looking disappointed. <laughs> and he's like, you know why? Because I know you'll always have me. I'm the best and most important friend you'll ever have. Besides, once the ascension starts, the in-crowd you're so concerned about, there won't be enough of them left to fill a pothole. Promise. And Faith looks really, really sad. And I think we should all look at this right here because a lot of the times the word grooming gets thrown around. And the mayor here is definitely isolating Faith from people who, as much as she was turning on them and betraying on them, she still has feelings for them, right? And she still wants them to like her and include her. And that's part of Faith's character flaw where she oh, doesn't know how to make friends but the mayor recognizes this and is saying you don't need anyone but me 
I'm the only person you can rely on. I'm always going to be here for you. Look at all these people hate you now. They know they see you for who you really are. Well, so do I. And I love you for it. And that is isolation. And that is grooming. Yeah. So Faith's looking sad. And the mayor says, I've got two words that are going to make all the pain go away. Miniature golf. (laughs) He has the sweetest dad grin on his face. So Faith can't help but laugh at that. Right? Faith is being taken in. Faith is like a daddy figure, a, a parent figure right here. It's sad. Okay, I have a, I have a hot stake. Um, this may be a controversial opinion. Miniature golf sucks. <laughs> and was it just better in the 90s? Like, were there better courses? I, I will admit, like, Thunder Bay only has two miniature golf courses, and they're both particularly uninspiring. Um so maybe I just haven't been to a proper, like, good miniature golf course. Were people just more easily entertained in the 90s because we didn't have social media yet and TikTok and stuff? I think, like, that's, a, I think that's a great analysis and question and um, assumption. Because I remember liking miniature golf a lot when I was younger in the 90s and early 2000s when everything was new. Oh, a new miniature golf place. Oh, glow-in-the-dark miniature golf. You know, awesome. But you're right. Like now I'm kind of like boring. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's person by person, but I, I'm with you on that, Kara. For sure. For sure. Down with miniature golf, <laughs> but up with bowling, I guess, because you like bowling. Oh, hells yeah. <laughs> so at Angel's Mansion, he's lit some candles and he's got the chains on his on his table and he's ready for Buffy to come over. <laughs> But Buffy comes and she's looking sad and Angel says, you know, like, I don't blame you for, you know, it's hard to believe that like last night happened. You were such a soldier. And Buffy says, that's me, one of the troops. And Angel says that he he wants to make it better. And Buffy says, I know you only did what I asked you to do. And we got what we wanted. And Angel says, I didn't want to go that far. And Buffy says, I know that it's not even a question of that. It's just after dot, dot, dot. I need a little bit of a break. And what after what? Like after the whole thing? Like everything? Well, yeah. Like I was thinking about this as I was watching the episode. This must be so traumatic for Buffy. Because Angel, she knew, she, even knowing that he's pretending, he had to act like Angelus in front of her. Uh, possibly knock her out. Um, you know, he's making out with faith and stuff. Even if Buffy told herself, I'm okay with this, you know, we're doing this for a good cause, I'm okay with this, she can't be. Yeah. Like, this is so realistic to me, right? Like, you can tell yourself and even lie to yourself that you're okay with something like this, but at the end of the day, your emotions are going to come through. And I, I completely get where Buffy's coming from here. She loves Angel. But this was a reminder of who he is or or who he could be. Mm-hmm. This is a reminder of the fact she sent him to hell. The consequences. It's a reminder of, yeah, it, it's everything that has happened, you know? And, and this is her Slayer life interfering with her her personal life. Um, it's just too much. So I, I And I think Buffy's doing something really mature here, which is, She's saying, I need space. And she's setting up a boundary, which Angel's respecting. Um, You know, because I think a a less mature thing would be to lash out at him and and get mad at him, you know, and and, or or say something like, I can't do this anymore. You know, we can't be together ever, right? Like, be all dramatic. And she's not saying any of those things. She's just saying, I need to reflect. I need time. 
which I think is one of the most, you know, kind things you can do for yourself and honest things that you can do for somebody you're in any kind of relationship with. So good for you, Buffy. Yeah. I agree with that so much. And it's also so interesting to see that development of Buffy in this very episode. You know, she saw something she didn't like and she decided to avoid it and jump to conclusions. Willow told her not to. Buffy did not want to deal with that in a mature way, but here she is owning this relationship and saying, I need a break from it because it's too much for me. So she's already learned that lesson. Like I need to talk to you about what I'm actually feeling and how it's affecting me. So I I love this for her. And as she's walking away, Angel's looking so sad. And I just want to put that tank top back on him and give him a hug. And as she's leaving, he, she, he says, you still my girl? And Buffy says, always. And she goes and ends on Angel's sad face. And the Buffy and Angel theme song, which we have not heard in a while, plays a little bit and then stops. Because they're on a break and we can't hear the whole song. <laughs> ah! They lost the rights to the music. <laughs> They're broken up. No oh, more. Dear. Oh, man. So in the next episode, we'll see that Angel goes and sleeps with the, the girl who works at the copy store. And then they'll have a big fight over whether they're on a break or not. And that'll last for another 10 years. And that is the plot of Friends <laughs> for anyone who has not watched that Thank sitcom. Thank you. Now I don't have to watch it. <laughs> we were on a break. Okay. So ugh, what an episode. What a journey we've just been on. I love this episode. I love the twist. It's so refreshing. Love to see a little taste of Angelus again. A little little taste of that season two magic that we miss so much. Uh, but season three has its own magic in in that they brought it back. We, enough time has passed in this series that we've watched that this is so earned to bring back a little taste of the trauma from last season. It's nice. <laughs> so who's your hero, Kara? So I think my choice is interesting because... You could make an argument for somebody like Angel. You could make an argument for Wesley. <laughs> Joking about that one. <laughs> I'm going to go with Giles. Because Giles is the only reason that Angel actually keeps his soul in this episode. And the, the marriage plot doesn't work. If Giles hadn't, you know, had this pre-existing relationship with the, the soul demon... Uh, none of this plan would have happened. So really, I got to give the credit to Giles for like having these connections. Mm, I like that a lot. My hero is the demon <laughs> that um, came to Giles because I don't know, like obviously he just like knew. He knew about Buffy and Angel's history. He knew, He knows the whole story. I don't know if he knew, but he clearly has a sense of honor, right? He's like, well, I know that, you know, Rupert Giles is is the watcher here. And I am going to offer my services to him first, right? So it's like, you know, it, again, it, this guy might not be a benign demon, like the, the one who got killed. Um, but we're seeing that nuance to this universe where it's like demons can owe things to humans and, uh, you know, pay off their debts and stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I like that he came to Giles and that he's the one that performed that, that, that magic that was all fake. And he's the reason this whole thing worked. So he's my hero this, this episode. Yay. We have one hot steak, I believe, right? So our hot steak is from an anonymous listener. Mm. Um, who And trigger warning here for suicide and discussion of mental health. So this is a comment about kind of Angel's mental health journey. And this listener says, 
Um, there's a negligence of Angel's mental health after amends. The show seems to act as though his suicidal tendencies and thoughts basically no longer exist because, you know, it snowed at the end of the episode. Everything's <laughs> fine, you know. And so our listener points out that, that that's not realistic, right? That's not how mental health issues work, especially issues of like suicide ideation and suicide attempts. It's like that's a long road to recovery. Um, and our listener says, when I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the first time, I was struggling with a lot of things Angel was. Uh, and it's why I connect to him and love him as much as I do. I'm also a person who's had my trauma basically ignored by people from a very young age. I'm sorry to hear that, listener. Mm -hmm. uh, and my struggle with mental illness has often been labeled as overreacting. Um, so the listener basically, you know, describes being let down by the fact that this character they identified with, this favorite character, um, like, like it, it didn't work. Like it, it, the, the show just basically abandoned this story arc. And she says, maybe things happened that we didn't see on screen. There were conversations, uh, coping mechanisms, et cetera, but we didn't see that. We didn't even get an idea that may have happened between Buffy and Angel. Uh, it was just, oh, Angel's depressed, but it snowed. And now he's all better again. <laughs> Doesn't have any more suicidal thoughts. So she says, I think the show thinks it does a really good job at displaying mental health and recovery. Uh, but in my personal opinion, it does not. Yeah, so so that's an interesting take. And, and I appreciate you sharing that because I agree. Like, that's the, the episodic nature of these TV shows sometimes. And we were just discussing, like, the trauma of Buffy being exposed to Angelus again, even the idea of him. It's like, you know, yeah, the show hasn't really talked about Angel's mental health lately. And where is Angel in all of this? Like, what are his feelings right now? So uh, I don't want to say I hope the show explores that more because I think, you know, as our listener has said, it's pretty obvious it's not going to. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comments we have as we round off this season because, of course, without going into spoilers for our first-time listeners, um, Buffy and Angel's relationship changes by the end of the season, right? There, there's a definite sort of change happening here. So I'm curious to see what we think about that. Me too. And it is kind of a shame that we didn't get to see Angel see more, go through more of this process. A lot of it happened off screen. And then you'd come in and hug Buffy and then leave again. Uh, but thank you to this person for pointing this out and sharing their story. We, we appreciate it. Send us more hot steaks about upcoming episodes. We're coming to the end of season three. We're going to have a wrap up, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Start sending them in. Faith on trial. So... Keep that in mind. And thank you to all of our Buy Me a Coffee supporters, especially our chosen ones. Uh, Lizzie, Emma, Hannah, Tara, Molly, Teza, and Alexandra. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also reach out to our email at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca. See you next week. Bye.